Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. You know, one of the things that I want to do is help equip you. And anytime I run across a beneficial resource that I think will help you, I want to let you know about it. And so that is exactly what I'm doing in, in today's podcast episode. It's an interview with a friend of mine, Jason Johnson, who I have followed for a couple of years or so now, reading his other books. He's published a few books. He also speaks and travels around the country uh, at conferences and at churches. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it might be because one of two reasons. One, you know that he is the director of church ministry initiatives with Christian Alliance for Orphans, or CAFO. And that's why he does go and and speak at churches and helps them develop successful foster care and adoption ministries. The other reason that you might find his name familiar is because about a year and a half ago, Jason joined me on one of my early podcast episodes, and we talked about how to make the decision to foster children and adopt children. And he shares a lot about his own journey in that episode. But today, in this episode, we're going to talk about two books that Jason has published in 2018, and they're really for two different audiences. And and I'm not going to get into that a whole lot because Jason will. That's what we talk about in the interview. But one is called Reframing Foster Care. And so if you are a foster family or you're thinking about being a foster family or even an adoptive family, then this book will definitely be helpful for you. And then the other one is called Everyone Can Do Something. And so if you are a pastor or a ministry leader or a foster care advocate, then this book will be extremely helpful for you as well. And so we're going to dig into those books and give you a feel for what are in those books and also encourage you to pick those up. And if you want to listen to that original podcast episode I had with Jason from a year and a half ago, just wait till the end of the episode and, and I'll have a link for you to my show notes and that's where you can find how to get to that podcast. So let's go ahead and jump in with this interview with Jason Johnson. Well, I'm on the line here with Jason Johnson, who is the author of a couple of new books he's published in 2018, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And Jason, we uh, we did an interview. It's hard to believe it's been about a year and a half ago now, but yeah, we did one back then. So welcome back to the podcast. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me back. It's um it's always good to be invited back to something that hopefully means the first time went well. <laughs> or you're still a little unsure and you think, I'll yeah, give yeah. this guy one more chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, rest assured is the first one, but yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, so uh, I know you travel a lot and you speak. Are you on the road this week? Uh, I am. I'm on, on the road. Um, try to lay low as much as possible in the summer, but there, there's still a few things to do. So. Well. I knew you. I wasn't sure if you were on the road or not, but thank you for taking time to again to join Absolutely. us. Absolutely, absolutely. So, as I mentioned, you've published not one but two books this year. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as a writer, I'm curious, how did you publish two in such a short time? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily planned that way. Um, and to be honest with you, these books have kind of been writing themselves Mm -hmm. over the last few years. So um, they both just kind of came to a head at the same time. um, So they've got two different audiences um, speaking into the same same spaces of of foster care and adoption and ministry, but two different audiences. 
One book that we'll talk about here in a minute is called uh, Reframing Foster Care, Filtering Your Foster Parenting Journey Through the Lens of the Gospel. So that's one of them. That came out, that was the first one that came out this year, right? Yes, February, March. And then the other one is Everyone Can Do Something, a field guide for strategically rallying your church around the orphaned and vulnerable. Yes. So let's go back to that first one, Reframing Foster Care. Um, so you say there are two different audiences. Who is the audience for this book? Yeah, so the audience for reframing is is really families or individuals um, who are in the trenches of foster care and adoption or are considering um, getting involved. And so uh, this book has really written itself over the last few years and is um, – is a, is a conglomeration, really, of, of writings that we've put out over the last few years. And, um, and what we've done is, is captured many of those, updated them, mm-hmm. um, retooled them a little bit, um, and um, added some different elements to them. So in each chapter of Reframing, um, there are group discussion questions that can be used, and there are also personal reflection questions. Um, and so, again, this is for families, individuals um, that are fostering, adopting, or are considering, and um, and it it gives them the opportunity to not just read through a particular idea regarding foster care and adoption, but also gives them the opportunity to process through that in a group setting or even as an individual. Yes, I love that. You also include some plan of action that steps that I really like too. Yeah, yeah, just trying to, trying to leave people with, okay, if if what we've read is just true, if the mm. principles or ideas are true, then what does that mean for me moving forward? What mm. behaviors might that change or perspectives might that change for me in light of that? Yeah. In the book, you know, you share a lot of your family stories. You know, just to remind those that maybe don't either didn't hear that first interview or or don't remember it, but Remind the audience a little bit about your family makeup and how many children y'all have fostered and so on. Yeah. So um, my wife and I, Emily, we became foster parents in 2012 um, in the Houston area. And shortly after, had a little girl brought to our home that has never left. And so she has since become our daughter. We've had other girls come and go. We are we are an all-girl all family. Uh, and so we we have only brought in girls um we we wouldn't wish that on a boy any day he would he would show up at our house with all these females and say what what have you done to me you know uh, so we've had some other girls come and go and have experienced um, the joy of getting to adopt but also kind of the, the mixed emotions of while we gain much in adoption, it's because much has been lost. And so there's those really intense mm-hmm. um, dichotomy of emotions. We've also experienced just the absolute heartache of, of loving some little girls that we've had to say goodbye to. Um, and most recently, um, our journey has included um, young moms, mm-hmm. so teenage, teenage moms. Um, and um, we are still um, journeying along and will for forever um with uh with a young a young girl and, and her little baby and um they are a part of our family now and we're a part of theirs and um and so it, it's funny we're often asked 
you know, how many kids do you have? And we, the, the answer and, and anyone involved in foster care and adoption can understand this on some level. The answer, the answer to how many kids that you have is usually, usually we say, well, it's complicated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, because we have three biological daughters. We have one adopted daughter, but then we also have a 19 year old and her little baby boy, um, that are, mm-hmm. yes, a part of our family. And she calls us mom and dad. And, um, uh, and so that's our current makeup right now. That's that's what you touch on a lot, right? Through the book is just right. those stories. Was that hard to do as a, a writer to share those stories? You know, um, my hope is to always share um, stories in a redemptive way, um, mm-hmm. and that that point people to hope and uh, and I, I find consistently in Scripture and just in 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 faith and and walking with God that the most redemptive things are often produced out of some of the most difficult things. Um, and I just see that consistently in the story of the gospel, um, God's capacity to, to, to create some really beautiful things out of some really difficult things. Mm. And, um, and so as a writer and just as a, as a foster family and as an adoptive family, trying to hold in balance the, the need to, to, share the story that God has given us in a redemptive way, because I believe he has given each of us a story and, um, he's given us that story for a reason. And, um, we have the responsibility even to, to figure out how do we share the story that God has given us in a helpful and healthy and redemptive way. And so, um, how do we honor the stories of these kids Mm-hmm. that God has brought into our home by protecting them. Um, but also how do we honor the story that God has given us to share for the good of others? Um, and so, I, I, you know, we work really hard to find that balance um, right. in, in doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a delicate balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you touch on a lot of important topics throughout your book by sharing those stories and some of them are very sensitive. Yeah. I love some of those things. I mean, one is, there's just a lot of support and encouragement for foster and adoptive families. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. But like one that you touch on God's mercy of the unknown, man, that is, mm-hmm. that's rich. I mean, if we knew what we were going to be doing today, five years ago, we may not have done that. And, mm-hmm. and then other things, <laughs> that you, you know, how we get pulled yeah. into a child's story, I think is really a good part of the book. And, and then also what you're just kind of touching on, it's not about our us so much. It's about these kids, and mm-hmm. and we can a lot of times get lost in our motivation for doing this and think it's more about us than it is them and their healing. But do you have a favorite? You know, I'm just touching on some of those that that I liked in your book. But do you have a favorite story or chapter in your book? That's a great question. I haven't been asked that question. Um, you know, I think. Um, Maybe one that stands out to me, possibly because it's it's most relevant to us right now um, as we journey along in this is we, we share a story um, about you know I do travel a lot and I'm typically traveling alone and so I've learned I'm a very good alone traveler I'm very mm-hmm. efficient I pack lightly um, <laughs> you know I'm uh, just get me from point A to point B but um, recently and we share the story in the book. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I've started taking uh, one of my daughters with me on 
kind of one at a time on different trips if if they're able to and if it works for my schedule and took one of my daughters to Chicago with me recently and was just reminded she you know I kind of dread the journey I just want to get to the destination um the whole airports waiting in line rental car process it, it's just become numb to me and and I just want to get to my destination but when I took her on this trip she just enjoyed every second of the journey and taking off and landing and looking out the window and just fascinated by the whole thing. And it just reminded me that sometimes I can get so destination focused mm -hmm. that I lose sight of, of the journey. And it, it struck me that not only in life and in many other arenas, but especially in the foster care and adoption right. journey, um, it's so easy to get so focused on the destination and the outcomes right. that we lose sight of what God has for us on the journey, you know, and, and for us right now, walking with, um, uh, our, our 19 year old and her baby and the, and she's not without her struggles. And, um, you know, we really, if I could just snap my fingers hmm. and land on the ideal destination, it would be, you know, everything's fixed. Yep. She's, she's good. Um, everything's good. And, um, that's just not where we are and that's not how it works. And so God just continually reminding me and, and even other foster parents that, um, you know, God is not just good in the outcomes that he can produce mm -hmm. in this journey. God is also incredibly good in the journey and shows us good and rich things about himself in the journey. And, and sometimes we can just, we can get lost in the journey and we see it as a means to an end, but mm -hmm. maybe it's also in part, it's kind of the end in of itself. You know, God wants to show us some really beautiful things in the journey. And so that's my encouragement to myself and my family and, and to other foster families as well. Yeah, I love it. That was um, one of my favorite chapters as well. And I, you do a great job of describing your daughter's, how she was viewing all that as you just touched on. And mm. it's helped me with our son. And uh, mm. to embrace where we're at right now. So thanks for writing yeah. that. Well, let's jump into this other book. And, yeah, I want to tell you thank you for putting it into book form. I think I've heard mm. you teach on this. You've taught on mm -hmm. it in a conference-type setting, or at least, you know, portions of it. That's right. Um, and so I appreciate you doing that. Why did you decide to put that information into this? Well, let me back up. Who's the audience of this book? Yeah, so the audience of this book is is really leaders, leaders, pastors, advocates um, that are are in some capacity leading ministry in their churches or organizations or wanting mm -hmm. to start and lead ministries in their churches or organizations. Good. So the the, the first audience is more family, mm -hmm. this audience is more is more leader leadership. Good. So why do you decide, since you do teach on this and, mm -hmm. and uh, you have even some of those in module-type resources, why did you decide to put this in a book? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, this book, kind of like Reframing Foster Care, has been written over the course of a few years, and then we just mm -hmm. decided to put it all into one resource. But that was the plan from the very beginning. And so okay. part of my much of my work is spent with leaders, church leaders, organizational leaders, and we're talking through in workshop formats or, or mm. coaching sessions. We're talking through um, 
effective strategies and principles of sustainable ministry within our churches and with organizational leaders. We're talking through um, how they can work with their church partners um, to help them build sustainable and effective ministries in their churches. And and so what we've done over the last couple of years is um, is dripped some content out into mm-hmm. this space um, little by little. Um, to to see how it resonates with with leaders and then to refine it and and retool it a little bit learn from it um and so really over the last couple of years we've been putting out bits of this a little bit at a time learning how it resonates um changing it where it needs to be changed and then and and then all for the purpose of putting it into one full-length resource and so um you know, I, I have the privilege of going into different environments and leading workshops, sometimes three, four, five, eight-hour workshops. And now what we will have is a companion guide to many of the coaching sessions that we do and workshops that we do. We'll essentially have kind of quote-unquote a textbook that goes along with it. Um, and what we really wanted to do was answer the question um, – and, and there's a lot of great resources out there, um, and, and yet what I'm always doing is trying to find is there is there a, a is there a gap in the resourcing, mm. and and yep. if so, who and who can fill it, and how can we fill it in the best way possible? And what I wanted to do was provide an answer to the very simple question: Is there a book out there that church leaders can can work through that helps them think? about how to to build and lead strategic and sustainable foster care adoption and orphan care ministries in their churches. Mm-hmm. And while there's a lot of great resources out there, what we wanted to do is, is be able to say, yes, in a singular form, here it is. Here, here is one that could be helpful. And so that's, that's why we put it all together. Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, in fact, I've already used it myself. My process oriented mind, I jumped right to chapter six. You know, we're you know, looking at how to build, you know, that one's building a discipleship pipeline. And I appreciate mm. just the holistic approach that you have. You know, you're not mm. just focused in on one aspect of the whole process. But, you know, anyone who's a leader or an advocate in a church or community, this is a great tool. So thank you mm. for putting it together. Absolutely. So, you know, I know this is, you're in this material all the time. When you put it in book form, did you learn anything yourself by putting it into this form? Yeah, you know, we've really, I've really been learning a lot over the last couple of years, putting out content and um, seeing how it sits with leaders and, and how it works mm-hmm. and if it's the most helpful and relevant and applicable. And, um, you know, one thing that I, I continually learn in greater depths is, um, whether it's it's writing material or working with families or writing material and working with leaders, I'm just I'm continually learning about um, how how important and central and foundational the gospel is in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can talk about strategies and we can talk about systems which are important, and we can talk about helpful tools for families. Um, which are important, but at the end of the day, I'm j- I just continually 
come back with with greater depths of intimacy and appreciation for really the bedrock of all of this at least in the faith community the christian community is is understanding god's heart and the character of god revealed through the work of christ on our behalf in the mm-hmm. gospel and that really is what sustains us both as a family and as a as a ministry um, and so we we really try to continually come back to the heart of that in both of these resources that this really is a gospel issue Um, and that's ultimately what will sustain and grow us yeah yeah and if someone's curious about what you mean by that you do a good job of well really anytime you speak or in your blogs but in the reframing foster care you you talk about that and uh, Mm -hmm. and flesh Mm -hmm. and flesh that out thank you Uh, just i'm curious do you have any future writing projects on the horizon (laughs) um yeah um so i'll I'll peel back the curtain here a little bit. Um, one thing that has been bouncing around inside of me and I've shared with a couple people and even, even my, my older daughters is, um, a resource written by, let me, let me see if I can word this correctly to make sense. Mm -hmm. A resource written by kids of, of, parents who foster mm-hmm. so um yeah if that makes sense absolutely um for kids of parents who foster yeah uh, so i'm just kind of talking through the perspective of of the biological kid who is part of a family that brings foster kids into their home and here's what our experience has been like and here's some of the the ups and the downs and um mm-hmm. just maybe a resource that can help encourage and, and frame some things for 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 children and families that are that are fostering um so we've been we've been bouncing that around um a little bit and and uh, about three or four years ago another project uh, about three or four years ago we put out a curriculum for churches called all-in orphan care and it yep. was really designed to be kind of a front-end resource for families that are considering getting involved and you can use this in a group or a classroom setting to help kind of prepare them and gain clarity and identify their role. And um, probably towards the end of this year, we're going to start developing a, a new curriculum. Um, as you know, as a writer, when when you put things on paper and in print form, <laughs> you know, you look back three or four years later and you say, OK, um, <laughs> If I were to re, if I were to right. write that today, I might use some different words, language, right. ideas, principles, and all that's good. Yeah, it, just, it, it doesn't mean the first one's bad. It just means mm-hmm. you know we've got some new stuff that maybe we can put out. And so we sure. are considering the end of this year launching into a new curriculum project. Good, yeah. good. That's good to hear. And I think the uh, idea about the kids, uh, families that foster and adopt, I think that's a great idea. Mm. Good. Well, let's talk about. As we're kind of wrapping up here a little bit, what what is your preferred method for readers to get in touch with you? Yeah, um, so there is a contact form on the blog at jasonjohnsonblog.com, and that's typically the best way. Okay, that's great. Yep. We'll make sure that they have access to that easily. Great. Just one last thing. Do you have anything that you want to say to current or prospective foster families or those who support them as a way to encourage them? Just thank you for doing what you do, and something that's been resonating within within me recently is 
you know, I get to interact with a lot of people in a lot of different places, and I consistently hear some language that I'm trying to um, eliminate from our vocabulary in this space, if I, if if mm-hmm. we can. And um, the language is is this idea. People will often say um, they'll use words like just and only. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we we've only adopted one, or we've we're just fostering one right now, and. And, and I understand where they're coming from. And, but what I want to say is, is, oh, no, 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 there's no just or only in this or, or maybe a family that's supporting. Well, you know, we just, we just Mm. bring meals, Uh, you know, we don't really foster, we just bring meals. And what I want to say is, no, there's no just or only in this, you know, um, you're not just fostering one, you are significantly altering the trajectory of generations right. forever by mm. investing into That's this right. child. There's no just or only in that. Yeah. Um, you aren't you aren't only or just bringing meals or supporting. You are significantly investing into the future trajectory of of, of lives for eternity. And there's no just or only in that. And God is able to take and I, I some of my favorite stories in Scripture is are stories of when God takes what appears to be very little and <laughs> multiplies that into a lot. Um, you know, the, the fish and the loaves, the, the widow's offering where he says what, what she gave, even though it was two small coins was more than even what the wealthy gave um, because she gave all. And, and there's no just or only in that. And so I just want to encourage families that are in it or that are supporting, or even those that are considering getting involved who might feel like, we don't have much to offer. Like we just have this or we're only capable of this. And what I want to say to them is the boy with the loaves and and, and the fish could have said, I just don't have much to offer. Right. And and maybe he did. And Jesus said, Hey, I get that, but watch this, Mm -hmm. watch what I'm able to do. Or, or the, the poor widow, you know, I don't have much to give, so I'm not going to give it all. And Jesus says, no, no, you you put in what you can, and then you step back and watch what I'm able to do with it. Um, and uh, I just want to encourage families, no matter where they are, that what you're doing is of eternal significance, and there's no just or only in that. And so some people's stories are going to be, you know, we've adopted 10 and fostered 150, and we personally fund an, a, a group home in Uganda, and we live <laughs> off of 10% of our income and give the other night, you know, just these crazy, unbelievable stories sure. that's so easy for us to look at and go, wow, they're doing that, and I'm just doing this, mm-hmm. or I'm only doing this. And, and what mm-hmm. I want to encourage families is there's no just or only. Yeah. Um, you do what God has called you to do and to be faithful in that and trust that he is able to take whatever we're able to offer and multiply it exponentially. Um, and that's our hope in all of this. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Absolutely. Well, Jason, again, it's always good to talk to you and to cross paths with you and the few times that we do. And I yeah. appreciate you taking time to come and share with about your new two new books. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for being willing to to share them with your audience. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Jason, for joining me here on His Hands, His Feet podcast. I appreciate you giving us a a little bit of what's in these two books that you published this year. And also, I love getting to hear a little bit about what you got coming 
down the uh, pipe as far as things in the future. And, you know, as, as Jason was talking about, as he was kind of wrapping things up and his just his um, encouragement to those that are involved with foster care and adoption, no matter what your role is, and it, it really comes from the, the thought and the idea comes from his book, Everyone Can Do Something, and that is, and I've done this, what he was talking about, to avoid saying words like just and only. You know, if you know our story, we, and I'm just going to put this in quotes, we only fostered one child, and we ended up adopting him. So we still have only fostered one child and have only adopted one child. But, you know, it's been clear to me, at least in this stage of our walk and this journey, that that's what God intended. And we do a lot of other things, and and that one is what I'm doing right here, and we mentor families, and we train, and we teach, and, and so on. And so whatever it is that, and whatever role God has given you, I just want to echo what Jason said, is that embrace it fully and don't be concerned with how it compares to anyone else because you want to do it and respond to what God has called you to do. And so I appreciate him talking about that. So if you want to get the show notes, and again, you're going to, in the show notes, you're going to find a link to the first podcast interview I had with Jason about a year and a half ago. You're also going to find how you can get in touch with Jason. There'll be links to his website and also links to these books that we've talked about. You'll find all that in the show notes, along with uh, a link to Christian Alliance for Orphans, if you are not familiar with that organization as well. And so lots of helpful resources that will be in the show notes. And the way to get to it is to go to kennethacamp.com slash episode 47. That's kennethacamp.com slash episode 47, and that'll take you directly to that page. So thanks again, Jason, for joining us here at His Hands, His Feet. Thank you for joining us as well, and until next time.